Hey everyone, welcome back to Bear Tome Podcast. For those of you who may be a first-time listener, first off, thanks for listening. Uh, this podcast focuses on the people and, and the stories and the artists and the records that make up Old Bear Records and Old Bear Studio in Batavia, New York. We know that there are like a million podcasts out there for you to listen to, so we appreciate that you're taking your time to listen to ours. Today on the show, we have an interview featuring Old Bear artist Jonas Woods. Jonas is a New England-based singer-songwriter, and the last time he was in town, Anthony got a chance to sit down and chat with him. So here it is. I guess what I want to do is just kind of share a little bit about, first of all, where you're from and, and maybe a little bit of your story, your yeah. backstory, so that people know, know who you are and, and where you came from and what, t- what sort of, uh, you know. Yeah. Um, I'm uh, from Rhode Island, so you know, not too far from the studios, I guess, in retrospect, mm-hmm. uh, traveling. But I've been doing this for almost 15 years now with my wife and started out in a band called Farewell June. And, uh, and traveled the country with them for a long time. It was a really uh, big grow- growing period for us, you know, as musicians. And, and when that came to a close, we ended up, I mean, it was a, there was turmoil, you know, trying to figure out what in the world to do at that point and, and started to go out as a solo artist and mm-hmm. discovering what that was all about. And, and now for the last almost nine years, my wife and I have been you know, trucking along. In a, in a van with the kids, you know? Right. You got two boys. Yeah, two boys, Hunter and Liam. And um, we went through the past few years, early on in the career, well, let's say early on, I mean, five years ago, my wife was diagnosed with cancer. She went through this whole process, you know, mm-hmm. of like, it was an obviously very terrifying and super scary thing. Um, but in the midst of that process, the Lord did so much. Mm-hmm not just to our marriage, but to our ministry, to our music, and was able to, um, because we drew closer to the Lord in that moment, everything was reassessed. You know, the value of everything was different. Right. And um, so music was so important, and it held so much value value, um, to me. But in that moment, now all of a sudden I'm looking at everything, and, and the Lord's like, is it still as valuable as he thought it was? Yeah. And, and I realized it, it wasn't. Like, I was willing to put everything aside in that moment. And because of that, um, going through that, now my wife is a 100% healed of cancer. She's, she's doing perfectly well. Um, mm. But on the other side of that, now everything is so much, um, it's, it's in so much, uh, such a better perspective. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, that's where I find myself, right? So now I'm kind of just like, all right, Lord, so I'm good. What are we going to do, you know? Right. It's, it's, um, it's always been, I think a fine balance. I worked for a, a guy and I didn't care much for working for him. Actually, he was a bit tough, but one thing that he, he would always say to me is, um, to not take yourself, yourself too seriously, yeah, you know, right. cause I tend to be, I'm definitely that type of person. I'm wired to be just, um, that the, the things I'm trying to accomplish um, are super important, 
yeah. you know, and they are right. But the value that I placed on the most insignificant things when it comes to a, a life crisis such as right. cancer, right. you know, that is a, it is a stop and, uh, and reassess like, well, truly, you know, is, uh, <laughs> you know, is getting all the emails answered super serious, yeah, you know, that yeah. important, you know, that, that, yeah, but it's, it's true. But in those moments, you, they feel like they are mm. and sometimes, and it doesn't always take cancer. It doesn't always take something massive right. to get that adjustment, but it is so, if I've learned anything, it's to wake up and assess yeah. on a regular basis. Like what am I putting? I'm reading a book right now that talks about putting things, anything that we put between us and God becomes a hindrance and we become an enemy of God is actually what the Bible says. So, yeah. you know, in, so, you know, we walk that fine line as artists. We're like, all right, this is really cool. This is my heart. This is my passion. Maybe it's your ministry, but ultimately even that should yeah. never be, tweet, be put between us and God. And, and it's, I don't know, it's been a really neat growing spurt for me. Lord, send me laying down my Life seems so real to me, but I'm holding on, yes I'm holding on to your word. Here I am, Lord, use me. You know, when you're talking about assessing the situation, you know, assessing the things that you place value on and, and or how much value you place on certain things. How do you feel like that it's changed your, your music? Yeah, I think it's changed it significantly. I mean, this record here with Old Bear is, this will be record number five for me. And so, um, you know, it starts out with man, I got signed to a record deal, you know, a long time ago. And it was, that was the coolest thing that could have ever happened. And we released a record and that was super cool. But we wrote songs just like what was going to sell, you know what I mean? Yeah. What is going to sell and what's going to go on radio? And that's what we're writing. Right. And, you know, as time progresses and I grew older, um, lyrics became more important now. So now the value of the lyrics became more important. And now it's like, and I'll be honest, writing this record mm -hmm. was one of the harder records for me to write because where I'm at in my life is I'm not interested in just writing songs because they sound good. Mm -hmm. And frankly, I, I don't think any artist should spend time. I mean, yeah, he wanted to sound good, man. I get that. But if that's the, the goal, if we're sitting down and like, let's write a hit, right? That's yeah. cool. Right. I'm just not in that space anymore. I'm like, I need something like, I need a fresh download. What do you have for me to say to people? What do you want to say to me? Yeah. And, and sit back and just hope that he speaks. And luckily he has been, he's been saying things, you know, and I've been able yeah. to sit back and kind of go, okay, I think that this is a valuable song for me. Right. I know he's speaking to me here. And so we'll just, in the hopes that everybody else kind of gets it, you know? Yeah. And that becomes, um, I think that translates um, very, you know, very honestly hmm. and becomes really rather um, unplastic in nature. So yeah. that, that's a, you know, I think that's a really 
a really cool thing. And you're right, it doesn't take, it doesn't take, um, you know, a life, a life tragedy or something no. or something to, to hopefully, hopefully people that are writing music and people that are listening to music are, are um, both wanting the same thing, right. which is honesty. Mm. And, and I think that's what, I think that's what, um, you know, old bear is, is after more than anything is just, um, uh, uh, transparency and honesty in the in the music, and it's not going to reach everybody. But the mm -hmm. people that it does reach, it's really going to affect. And exactly. So, I think I think what you're saying is um, is awesome, and it's the right it's the right sort of things to be saying. To I mean, I resonate with that. Right. So it's awesome. I think one of the things I noticed was just the um, the eclectic nature that you mm -hmm. have when you come to putting a project together. So for instance, I think the very first day we spent tracking, um, maybe even the very, one of the very first songs was, was like more of a jazz yeah. style tune. Right. Right. And then later on in the week, we had more of a blues style thing. Right. So maybe you can speak a little bit into your approach as far as, um, it's not always like a, like a uniform style yeah. for you. So what is that about? That's hard. I mean, that's truly, that's actually been the struggle for me as an artist was that uh, early on it was, who's your demographic? What's the age group you're writing for? What's the style of music that you're going to pick? And it's like, oh man, well, that's hard because I actually really love music yeah. and I love all styles of music as long as it's quality. And so, you know, I, I grew up early on on James Taylor. I cut my teeth on those kinds of people. And then as I grew up, I actually really love big band music, and I love the complicated things that come from that. And I grew up playing violin. Mm -hmm. from when I was five, I started out doing that, and so I have a real respect for classical music. And so you run into the studio, and I'm like, hey, by the way, I have five songs, and they are literally all kind of different genres of music. Mm -hmm. um, this was actually the first time where I've been able to come into a space and say, yeah, I've got this kind of 1920s thing that I have this kind of worship thing and this blues thing in sitting down with the team here and, and watching the thread. Mm -hmm. That's the hardest part, man. For yeah. me, my whole career, the hardest part has been, where's the thread? How do we tie these songs together and make a record that's cohesive? Um, and that's, it hasn't been the hardest thing because it's been the best part of this process, I think, for me. Mm -hmm. But it has been, um, that's where a lot of the time has been spent, you know? Yeah, I think you're right. It I think that was something we, we, the team here talked about before you came was just how are we going to unify, unify the genres? Yeah. Because I, I don't, I don't know that you need to strip away the, you know, you, you don't, I'm not, I don't, you know, I don't think any of us were in opposition to right. having a 1920s thing into a blues thing, into a worship thing. But um, because because that's I think that's part of of that has actually maybe become um, your person your your musical personality. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. So with you know the last thing you sort of want to do is to strip that personality. But in the in in that same conversation, it's how do we how do we make them uniform in a way? And I, and I think I think like you th like you said i think we've found that a little bit yeah i agree so it's other ways right it's instrumentation right. Yep. that being consistent 
Um, it's it's um, using instruments that maybe um, will uh, translate across the board mm -hmm. to make it to make it sound uniform, even though maybe the genre is, is switching up. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So, and I think I think to your credit, maybe um, it's something that you struggle with, but at the same time, it is who you are. Yeah. And um, somebody like James Taylor, for instance, I, I like him as well a lot. I, f I think he does that. You know? Yeah, he I mean, does. He's got steamroller right. blues and he's got, yeah. you know, other things. Absolutely. That, like I think Millworker sounds like a, like a, like an Irish uh, something in the beginning, you know, yep. with that penny whistle penny thing, whistle right? Totally, yeah. So, I mean, he's doing it. Yeah. So if James is doing it, man. Right. James, <laughs> you can't be wrong. That's right. You can't you know, be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and if you don't like them, then you're wrong. They're wrong. They're wrong. That's right. So, But, you know, that, that was kind of the thing that we talked about a little bit is that, you know, too many people are writing records for everyone else. Yeah. And totally get that right so there's a business side of writing music and you want to make money you want to be able to get paid to do what you do because it's your job but there does come a point where you have to start writing for yourself mm -hmm. and you have to start being introspective and saying like okay this is really important to me and not everybody's gonna like it and are you okay with that well look here's the reality mm -hmm. not everybody's gonna like you anyway yeah so I would rather just be super authentic and know that every night when I get up, like I'm going to share my heart and you're really gonna, this is actually who I am. Mm -hmm. And when you go home, cause I don't, I don't need fans. And I don't mean I don't need fans cause I have a million fans. I'm just saying I, I want people to know me mm -hmm. to the best of their ability. And the only way that I can really do that in a short amount of time is to give you what I write. Mm -hmm. And the idea of having fans is, is silly to me in one way, in that when you really connect with who I am and what I feel like God's saying to me, and, and we both feel that message, it bonds us together way differently. Mm -hmm. And um, so this has, been, this has been really neat for me because I'm seeing something come to life that I haven't felt in a long time. So coy, I lose all my sense of direction in one just because a girl loves a boy. I fell head over heels for your loving as you whispered sweet words in my ear. I thought that this could turn into something, it could not be any clear. You play music full time, right? So there's nothing yeah. really else you're not side hustling on like you know working at a, a coffee shop or something i mean it it's your livelihood is to to get out and play music yeah um and i think from just getting to know you the longevity committing to to playing music has awarded you some pretty cool stories um where people have um grown to enjoy your music and then you've seen that played out in, in so many, in so many other ways yeah. other than, other than, um, buying us like people buying a CD right. or uh, a t-shirt, but things like a van yeah, right. or things like a guitar. Right. right? Yeah. So I think that's a testimony to committing to a lifestyle rather than 
when the things got tough, yeah, you back out, right? So maybe you can share maybe just a little bit of how you process that in the very beginning. Hmm. And, it, and then along the way, we're able to like put stakes in the ground that said, we're not giving up. You know? Yeah. I think that, so before I get diving into it, I mean, I gotta say, I'm probably a really stubborn person. That mm-hmm. probably helps, right? Mm-hmm. Like, just like, no, I'm not quitting yet. But I remember the first record deal that we signed. Um, I remember there were, there was a lot of questions about, you know, where do we see ourselves and, and how, um, and I don't remember the direct question, but I remember answering, I'm not here to make a mark and then go home. This is my career now. And I felt really compelled that this is where I was supposed to be. And so I get that that's hard sometimes to process. Like, I don't know, you know, you'll sit there and toil for the rest of your life. Like, is this what God wants me to do? But mm-hmm. ultimately it's like, I have lived a, a life of faith for the last 15 years. You know, I don't have a yacht in the, you know, the Caribbean. I don't, I don't have, I don't even have a house to myself. I, mean, I have a, an apartment. I'm not complaining. That's my life and I love it. But it has definitely, from the very beginning, my wife and I made a commitment that we were going to live small mm-hmm. and that we were going to live um, relatively tight so that the longevity of what we did is possible. And it requires a lot of sacrifice, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but even with saying that, I... And she'll say the same thing. I don't think that we've ever gone without anything. And what happens is, is we can talk about being Christians. We can talk about believing that God has our best interest in mind ultimately. But it is another thing to live that way. Mm-hmm. And by far, I have not lived it perfectly. I, but I can say that he has been so consistent on a regular basis that the fear of how this is going to happen... Mm-hmm. has been taken away mm-hmm. and you know so if you're an artist and you're thinking about like what's the step you know how do i step out and make this happen the the reality is it is it's you do it mm-hmm. <laughs> there's no there's no easy way it's like a band-aid you just have to say this is it i'm stepping out and i'm just gonna either believe that god is going to protect me which he will god pr- promised that he would do that mm-hmm even if we make the mistake. Yeah. So, you know, that's kind of, that's how we have, we live <laughs> yeah. and it's scary sometimes, but it's, it's really rewarding. Yeah. Because I think it, I mean, I think when, when people see uh, a commitment to some, when they see somebody else committed to something wholeheartedly, it makes it easy for people to, to want to partner with it. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if that's just because they're like, man, I wish I could have yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and some days we're like, you can have it. Yeah, exactly. You can have all that's of the it. Truth. <laughs> yeah, that's the truth. You are welcome to it. Yeah, but, um, but I, th- I think that's, um, <clears throat> I think that's why you've probably seen over, you know, over the years, a boost in, uh, support, f- yeah. not, not just in money, but right. just, you know, in other ways. Right. So, um, you know. Cause I remember, I remember playing, um, you know, when we were playing an event with our first time we ever met was, um, at a, at a camp thing festival, um, in, um, uh, in Massachusetts. And so, and pulling up next to your van and being like, that's just, that's a way better van than ours. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and, um, um, 
saying to Jeremy, like, whatever songs he's singing, we maybe should start singing those ones. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but no, but I, but, yeah. but after hearing the story about right. how you got that was cool. Maybe you can share a little bit of that. Just Yeah. That, that van thing, you know, so when I was in the band, we had a van, we had, you know, the 15 passenger mm-hmm. and it was awesome. It was great. Uh, when the band broke up, obviously I had no need for that anymore. And yeah. so we sold it, sold all the sound gear and my wife and I started to travel in our, our SUV. And as things began to progress, now we have two kids, you know, 10-year-old and a 6-year-old. I mean, they were a little younger when that, before the van came. But anyway, um, I was loading. Our luggage was on the roof. Mm-hmm. You know, at the time, my son was potty training. I had the porta potty in the back. I mean, it was just like mm-hmm. rolling into a venue, headlining shows, and the porta potty would fall out, you know, during the load in. And I'm like, don't touch that. Yeah. I'm a professional. Don't touch my stuff. <laughs> and, uh, but, you know, we, I remember, and prior to us really, this was a big tour we went on, a big US tour. And prior to that, I was, I thought, because early on in my career, I was on MTV and VH1. So that actually means nothing. It sounds really cool saying it here, mm-hmm. but it actually really wasn't that big of a deal. However, when I felt like I needed something in the music, right? I'd be like, hey, yeah, well, I was on MTV, man. I mean, mm-hmm. this is a big deal, right? So I tried to work angles. Like, how could I get a bigger vehicle to travel in? Called around, you know, and people are like, yeah, that's not going to happen, dude. So anyway, my wife, of course, and as they typically do, tend to ground us. And she's like, you know what? The Lord either wants to do something for us or not. Why are you fighting mm-hmm. for everything? And yeah. I'm like, oh, my gosh. So anyway, we hit the road. And um, in the Highlander, and it was a great trip. I remember coming home being really happy, you know, like we did it. I mean, we got on the roof every night to get our luggage off, but whatever. And I got a call from my producer in Nashville, and he was like, Man, I gotta talk to you. Now, now he and I are really good friends, and so it's not a surprise to get a call from him, but it was like different, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, he had a tone. Yeah, he had a tone, and so he just started to tell me a story about You weren't it. sure if you were in trouble. Yeah, <laughs> what did I do now? <laughs> did I say something stupid on Facebook? That's, that's my normal. And uh, basically, to make a long story shorter, uh, a lady from Australia, a perfect stranger, mind you, felt that God had compelled her to help my wife and I by buying us a vehicle. And so he tells me this. Of course, Becky and I are in tears. We're like, are you kidding me? Mm. And so he said, I, I need you to be home because the van is going to be there tomorrow morning. <laughs> so I, I'm, and we're literally oblivious. Like we're freaking out, you know? And sure. so the next day I'm expecting a, a church van to show up and this van shows up and it's this like outrageous thing, you know, yeah. and it's got a bigger TV than my house has. You know yeah, what I mean? And yeah, yeah. So it's this big conversion van pulls in. The guy gets out hands me the keys and he's like this thing is is decked out insurance everything's paid it's it's good it's yours it's in your name so we're literally i mean you know my heart was beating out of my chest and and i don't even know who this lady is yeah yeah right you know what i'm saying at the time i was considering leaving the music industry before i got the van i was just in that place where i was like lord all right what do you want right Mm -hmm. And, and i love music it's my biggest passion i love it so much but I'm also not so dumb to think that God could call me to something else. Sure. And so at that point, I was like, Lord, I'll, I'll put this aside. Let's just do something. If you want me just to go out and push a mop, I'll do that. I just want to just wanna do whatever you want. But I didn't tell Becky because I want to freak her out, you know? Yeah. And then Becky was struggling because at that point, she was better. 
after being sick, going through chemo. But mm -hmm. during the time where she was going through chemo, she felt like she was having a revelation, like a revival with God. And she was like telling me things like, I'm okay with, with dying. <laughs> I'm like, you're like, yeah, no, you're but not. I'm not. <laughs> yeah. What are you talking about? Don't talk like that. You're crazy. Yeah, you're crazy. <laughs> and, but she had this really amazing thing happen in the midst of that. And as she got better, there was like this weird disconnect. Yeah. Like I had this revival and now I'm feeling normal. And what, and it was the enemy, right? Cause, but it, the thought was as if God was saying, Hey Becky, chill out. I love everybody the same, not you individually. Right. Mm -hmm. Like you're feel, you felt like I was just loving you. That's not how it works. Right. Right. And although she knew that that was the enemy, she still had this struggle and she was struggling with it secretly. She wasn't telling me. And so now fast forward, I get an email for the first time from this lady in Australia. And she says who she is and, and, and basically not to thank her for the van. Like this is just God thing. And she was just really sweet. She said, I have two things to tell you guys. And she said, if they don't make any sense, you can throw them out. She said, the van is supposed to be considered a smile of approval, which like just cut me right into the chest because mm -hmm. I needed God to just say something to me and uh, needed to be considered a love letter. And for my wife, she just started to well up. And mm -hmm. I'm thinking, this lady could have sent an email. Yeah. And right. it would have wrecked us. Yeah. And um, it's just that lesson. You know, we say it all the time. We hear it in churches all the time. But the Lord, and I'm not saying the Lord's going to give you a van. Okay? No, right, right. Or he's going to give you a million dollars. That's up to God and how he does it. But God really, really loves us. And he really wants to bless you and he loves you so much and he's far bigger and better than you can imagine. And it might not look like a van, it might not look like money, but he really loves us. Yeah. You know? And yeah. I've seen it time and time again. That's just you know, a small example, which is a big example. Lessons overwhelm me and my patience all runs out. You're the sound that resonates in me. Whispers through the chaos, redirecting me. Yeah. Your love is patient, your love is kind. Love is not jealous or proud. Love always praises and honors the truth. Never gives up on me, never gives up on me, never gives up on me. When we met you guys, when we met you for the first time, we felt compelled to, to ask you to be part of the community of Old Bear. And so I feel like for us, it's all, it's all been, it's been a really, um, a really cool thing, just kindred spirit wise. I feel like we say the same things. We're, yeah. we're about the same things. We want to see um, others in our community thrive and succeed. So maybe just from your perspective, um, what do you think about what's been going on in your life in this season of ministry? And then right. particularly, you know, how you have, how this has fit into your, you and, and Becky's story. Yeah. Um, uh, so far. Yeah. You know, so. I, I, you know, for, we've been traveling, you know, so we, we, we go out and do shows, uh, you know, a hundred shows a year on a, on a busy year, I guess. And, um, it's been great. So life has been mm -hmm. relatively good where we travel with our kids and, and we're able to do that. That's a really neat, that's an amazing thing actually. But 
Um, we started talking and I talked to Becky about it, and I remember toiling. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, I've been involved with record labels before, and I'm just not interested. Yeah. I'm just really not. And I'm in that place where I'm like, nah, we're good. Let's just keep doing what we're doing. And, uh, but <laughs> it's just something kept bugging me. And, um, and I don't remember if it was when we first talked or what, but I, I think I shared just why. Like, I, I'm not interested in really getting involved in that anymore because it's, and, and the reasons why. Mm-hmm. And you guys just started sharing your vision. And look, the truth is, there's just nobody doing that. Okay. Mm-hmm. And there's nobody that's out there that actually is doing this idea where you're hand selecting people, bringing them together to be a success together. Mm-hmm. You're like, I love the people that are on this, involved in this thing. It's not just you guys individually. It's, it's everybody. It's mm-hmm. Ian and Weston and all those other guys are just, they're such amazing people and they're amazing artists in their own right. And the initial attraction was, well, first off, these guys are normal, right? <laughs> That's actually super rare yeah. in the music industry. Uh, I like normal. Um, but the people that you have surrounded yourself with are really quality. Mm. And that makes a huge statement in its own right. You know, before mm. I go stepping into anything, it's not just um, haphazard. It's like, who have they surrounded themselves with? What is the character of those people that have surrounded themselves and are allowing themselves to be associated Sure. With old bear. And um, honestly, one, that wasn't a very long thought before it was like, I, I really want to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and the decision has been, has been confirmed so many times, mm-hmm. man. And, you know, this week here in the studio, my word, it's been wild. Well, I know I, you know, I feel, I feel like there's, we're on, we're on the verge of really making some, um, some really, you know, some, I don't know how to say it, but just, it feel, it's confirmed in my own heart, just th- that I'm thankful for people that come in and into the studio and, um, are looking to push, f- push further into that vision. And every time I hear a pro another project wrap mm-hmm. up, I think, yeah, man, this is going to fit just right. Yeah. And it's come along at the right time and for the right season. And so I'm, I'm, ex- I'm extremely excited about your, your, your project. And I think people, a lot of people are going to resonate with it in a totally different way and add a different element to the community that we haven't yet ha- yet had. Yeah. So that goes without saying, but, um, uh, a, a track for me that I think I would like to just kind of wrap up as we kind of wrap up our time yep. that I'd like to talk about is just whispers. Yeah. So it's a left field thing for me because there's going to be two versions of, of the same title. So we've been calling it whispers a and whispers B. <laughs> right. I don't know what it'll wind up being. Right. Something with whispers. Right. I'm sure. Um, but maybe uh, I, when we were, when you were tracking the vocals for it, um, the chorus is, is obviously for me, what is sticks with me. Um, and so I just, you know, so a is really what I, what it started off as was yeah. just this really vibey, um, washed out sounding track. And then all of a sudden, yeah. uh, 
you know, it seems to be done. And then it goes into this other direction right. and it's wide open. Wide I mean, open, it's right. like drums and, you know, more traditional, right. like rock thing, you know? And so maybe you can just share a little yeah. bit about when I didn't know it was going to go there. You probably, right. you definitely, you had some inclination right. yeah. <laughs> and probably Chris had an inclination and certainly Matt playing drums oh, yeah. was ready to play it. But maybe just, just as like a touch off, a launch off of, people listening to the project yeah. that song what is the deal with it you know yeah so the song the chorus is something in me changes when i hear your whispers and that's it <laughs> it's really not a, like it's not a big wordy chorus but uh, because i think it's something that needs to be driven home certainly for me and the, the idea of the song was um there's just a lot of noise man there's so much noise and we listen to everything and we allow it to soak into our bones and that becomes part of our DNA every time we do that. But the truth is if we could silence things, turn it off, right? Turn, I'm talking to myself. I mean, shut off Facebook for five seconds, right? Um, what's, that, that, what's that even mean? I don't even know. I really don't know. Hold on, let me just check my status. Yeah. Oh yeah, okay, Still good. good? Yeah, I'm still good. People right. still like me, it's yeah. nice. Because that's important. Yeah, of course. Yeah, <laughs> the value of things, there it is. But. Uh, you know, to be able to, like, I, I don't like it when people say things like, ah, the Lord just doesn't speak to me. And I'm like, ah, that's, that's ludicrous. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's talking to us constantly. And, um, and I know because I'm that guy, you know, I'm the guy that's busy, busy, you know, I've got a lot going on. And so I'm constantly like just going crazy until I finally have that moment where it's like, ah, I have mm-hmm. to stop mm-hmm. and I'll just settle myself for a little bit. And then I start hearing things again. I'm like, why don't I just live like that, you know? When I hear you whisper, something in me changes. When I hear you And so anyway, this song, it does go to left field. It, it came from a sermon from my pastor, actually. And, you know, it's a sermon we've heard a lot. But it's the whole, um, it's a little story about, you know, how God's not in the earthquakes, right? He wasn't in the fire. He was in that still, small voice. And so as the song progresses, you know, it goes through this just kind of really beautiful melodic um, thing where it's talking about... Um, how we feel and how we how the world really kind of consumes who we are and getting older there are things Mm -hmm. in there about this but when i when i hear you something in me changes when Mm -hmm. i hear your whispers um and then the departure is not fully expected i mean you know maddie and i had rehearsed it a lot at home just kind of figuring out what we were going to do and even for us in the rehearsal we're like man this is about to go off the charts another direction but it works because the, it, we start to vamp on one line, right? And the line is, you're not in the earthquake. You're not in the fire. You're found in the whispers. You're found in the quiet. And <laughs> interesting position that we put ourselves in musically with this song. Well, it's is a juxtaposition. <laughs> massive. Right, because yeah. you're, you're saying quiet, but it's really noisy. Oh, the song becomes as big as any song on the record. I don't yeah. think anything gets bigger than that. And, none uh, bigger. Yeah, none bigger. <laughs> none more. None more bigger, none more bigger than that. 
but it, uh, yeah, it just grows into an absolute massive mess, um, controlled mess. But yeah, it's it's bizarre and it's it's fun. Another song that I think is kind of unique and interesting, uh, it's a, we, we did it late at night, and it might even have been the first night. Yeah, maybe. I don't remember. I don't remember either. <laughs> first or second bloody. night, we were tracking it. We, we got done with a tune, and then we were like, hey, Jeremy came out and started playing the piano, uh, and you were playing the guitar, and you guys were just sitting together, right. and you were working on a song called Totally Still. Yeah. And we made this effort to say hey instead of using a click mm -hmm. instead of uh making it overly produced let's just do a piano and a vocal um and i i it, we even recorded the piano with the lid closed so right. it sounded like um like an old bar room right. thing yeah and then you went in the other room and sang this really pretty beautiful uh song about <laughs> crazy so tell us about yeah. totally still well it's one of those songs that um, it's a husband and wife, right? So the idea of the song is, um, I love my wife. She's awesome. And I love her for a million reasons, but I don't always tell her, mm -hmm. right? And sometimes as a, I don't know if it's as a guy or what it is, right? I'm not going <laughs> to make that statement, but I, I don't know if it's just like, I just think, well, she knows, right? Yeah. Like she knows. So the whole song is, is this idea of a, well, from my perspective, it's a guy singing to his wife and it's this, um, almost an apology song, which is bizarre, and I know, like for a record uh, from some Christian artist. But look, my whole thing has always been authenticity, and I've been this guy. Okay, so didn't this song didn't come out of thin air? It's because I was this person where um, we were just living like roommates, and all of a sudden you're going, we're just like I love her, she's amazing, but I don't tell her all the time, or I don't share that, or we sit next to each other on the couch, but. I'm not really talking, you know what I'm saying? And, mm -hmm. and so the idea of this song is, um, I'm trying to remember all the lyrics, but the idea is totally still like, why am I standing here? Just totally still. I do love you. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, so it, it's bizarre and I, I'm, I'm kind of making this confusing, but the, the way the piano and the vocal work makes this song so dramatic. And it is intended to be because it's 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 a heavy song, and I and I expect that when people hear it, um, it will either be really convicting, which is okay. Mm -hmm. I like music to have something, you know. I like it to kind of hit you between the eyes sometimes. And, um, but this particular song is that. It is that kind of song. It'll come out of. It won't come out of left field because it'll fit the vibe very well. But it it has a heavy message for sure. I've done and where I've lost ground I thank you for patience my sweet love thank you for rising far above as I stand here totally 
Well, we want to thanks, man, for joining us in the podcast, and yep. um, it's been a great episode. You can certainly go on to oldbearrecords.com and click on the page, Bear Tone podcast page, and you can find a link to Jonas's record uh, and hear these songs in their entirety there and uh, be able to uh, hopefully enjoy them for many, many more years to come. Leave us some feedback and some comments and um, on any further questions you'd like for us to ask Jonas and we could do another um, podcast episode uh, based on maybe your reaction to what you heard through uh, the songs and how they spoke to you and then we can dialogue about some other people and how they're speaking to them which I think is cool. always interesting because oh, you wind yeah. up with a, what, a husband and wife love song and a person talking about jumping off a waterfall. Yeah. Two totally different yeah, right. things. But it's really cool. So um, be sure to check that out. Leave us some, some feedback on that, and we would love to hear from you soon. So thanks again, man, for joining us, and oh, we appreciate pleasure. you. Thanks, man. Thank you for listening to Bear Tome Podcast. If you like what you are hearing, leave a review and subscribe to our feed. We have some more cool interviews in the can to release later this year, and we think you're going to like them. And we'd love to hear from you, so feel free to email us at baritonepodcast at gmail.com. Thank you to Anthony Hoisington for helping produce this show. Thank you to Sarah Bridgman for creating artwork for the show. And thank you to Jonas for taking the time to be on the show. Stay up to date with all that's going on at Old Bear by following us on Facebook and Instagram. Keep your eyes peeled for more cool content from this show, and we'll catch you next time. Peace. Peace.